Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys. So I'll make this pitch extremely easy for you. We've got a free $20 to hand to you, which you can use on fantasy sports betting immediately. All you have to do is download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up using the promo code LEGACY, and deposit a minimum of $20, and you'll get an instant $20 bonus tacked onto that. With the NBA reset season and playoffs underway, fantasy sports and daily betting for the resident NBA junkie has never been this intense and this fun. And when it comes to fantasy betting platforms, make sure to make the right choice and hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for players that makes games super simple and intuitive that even first-time beginners can pick it up instantly. Enter a contest where all you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. You're merely dealing with over-under prop bets that each have a point total associated to them based on likelihood of occurring. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. So what are you waiting for? Win some money on the side while you watch the excitement of this year's NBA playoffs. Again, use promo code LEGACY when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Three Seconds, a new post-game recap series in which I give three second-helping points immediately following a particular Lakers game. In this case, we're going to be talking about the Lakers' last bout against the Indiana Pacers, in which they lost 111-116. to They only have two games left in this reseeding season right before the playoffs, one against the Denver Nuggets on Monday and then on Thursday against the Sacramento Kings. Frank Vogel has already gone out and said that they don't expect to simulate playoff games at this point, or at least not during the Denver Nuggets game. 
He's going to continue to experiment. Maybe we'll see an actual dress rehearsal come that Kings game, but for right now, it's very clear what the Lakers have set out to do with these final three to four games in this seeding season. And with that said, I'll get underway with my first second helping point of the night. So let's talk about Frank Vogel's philosophy. I think at the beginning of this bubble reseeding season, Tommy, Allen, and I had all envisioned that the Lakers would ramp up pretty aggressively. Uh, that first game against the Clippers, it seems like that was their mindset. It seemed like during the three scrimmage games prior to that, that they were locked in, that they had this championship mentality over everything, that they're going to take things very seriously and intentionally. But after those Clippers-Raptors games, it seems like their uh, level of focus really dropped off. Uh, and since then, they've been sort of taking things lightly. Frank Vogel at the top has sort of has sort of set the tone for that with his rotations, not really playing playoff-like rotations, inserting guys like Jared Dudley, Quinn Cook, and THT into the lineup, not playing guys who you would normally or presumably want to see play together based off of the lineup matchup data. So that notion that the Lakers would stay locked in all throughout these eight reseeding games uh, quickly fell apart in our minds. And um, at this point, look, I personally don't agree with Frank Vogel's philosophy. I would rather have had the Lakers more consistently and methodically ramp up and simulate playoff-like intensity in these games, even if it's just for stretches, because I feel like they've done a complete black-and-white sort of situation here where they just decided to go full 180 the other way and just go with experimentation, getting all different guys on their roster's looks, just resting guys entirely, uh, resting multiple players. So I obviously would have wanted a little bit more hedging in the middle to give us some sort of ramp up. Uh, it's clear that Frank Vogel has decided not to do that. And yeah, I think overall, now that I know that this is what they're doing and that they just clearly have different a different plan and different priorities, I have no choice but to give Frank Vogel and the coaching staff and the, and the team the benefit of the doubt in this respect. Frank Vogel obviously knows his team better than anyone else. He sees what's happening in practice, how much on-court chemistry certain units have. They have all that data in-house. Obviously, practice is different than playing actual opposing teams, but it seems like they have a good handle on the situation. Uh, and maybe this is the exact recipe this particular team needs to be successful in a long playoff run. Uh, maybe they're running the same template LeBron James has always run to close his seasons. I personally don't think they're taking into account all the new and strange variables that make this different than any other LeBron year. Namely, that LeBron's now 35 years old. He just came off a season where he didn't make the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. He's playing with a brand new team and a brand new superstar. And oh, by the way, he typically hasn't won the championship during his first year in which he's first getting acclimated to a new superstar teammate, whether that was in Cleveland with Kyrie and Love or the Miami Heatles with Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Regardless of whether or not LeBron made it to the finals that year, they didn't win the championship, you know? And who knows if him ramping up in those last eight games and being more consistent throughout the first round would have helped any of that. But all I know is it's a different scenario now. And most of all... In contrast to those other years, he was in the Eastern Conference, right? He's in the Western Conference now, potentially going to face the Portland Trailblazers. And I know fans have varying levels of confidence against a team like the Blazers. Um, but regardless, that's, that's Damian Lillard. That's Carmelo Anthony. That's CJ McCollum. That's a veteran team. And this is not even taking into account the obvious. 
We just had three and a half months off. The season was cut short in the middle due to quarantine and COVID. The guys are playing in this very strange new bubble setup with no fans. So I feel like you take all of this into account and there are enough differences here that I just wish that Vogel and the Lakers had been a little bit more proactive in having more playoff simulation dress rehearsals. And as I mentioned, why not even just hedge the middle in terms of what they've been doing? And just have certain quarters where you're simulating a playoff-like environment. Instead, we've gone like a full, you know, this game doesn't really matter and we'll just get the guys conditioning and get the guys in the flow of normal gameplay. So, but again, at this point, it doesn't matter because this is what the Lakers have intentionally chosen to do. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just saying... If they come out during game one of the first round of the playoffs, whether it's against the Blazers, against the San Antonio Spurs, against the Grizzlies, and now maybe the Suns, if they lose that first game or even just look tremendously lackluster, sloppy, and disjointed like they have this entire bubble season, I'm going to be pretty annoyed and pissed. And look, even if they lose that game, they, they probably will win the series, but It's just additional unnecessary stress and wear and tear that you're putting on the entire team that you may have been able to avoid if you had just done a better job incrementally sharpening yourself up for these playoffs. So, But look, again, they have every right to do what they're doing. They know the team best, and they may come out of the gate game one just absolutely tearing the tearing the league up just because they've rested as much as they have. And, you know, in certain portions of that Indiana game, I had no problem with that loss because LeBron James looked tremendous. And when he was out there on the court, we had full control of that game. So I saw what I needed to see out of certain guys, namely LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma, even in spite of his bad shooting, continued to bring it on the defensive end. He had three steals. Uh, He still hit one three and continues to be the only Lakers player to hit at least one three-pointer in each of these bubble Orlando games. And then obviously Dwight Howard had that double-double and just showed tremendous energy and activity the whole night on both ends. So I saw key things that I need to see from certain guys. Anthony Davis was still MIA. But all in all, that Indiana Pacers game didn't bother me at all. The result didn't bother me because we showed some flashes of what we can be when we try. I just wish that we had tried more consistently during this bubble stretch. Uh, With that said, we'll take it to our first break and then I'll get to my second second helping of the night. All right, so we're back. And for my second second helping of the night, I just wanted to talk about some of the benefits and silver linings with Frank Vogel's philosophy of continuing to experiment versus locking down actual playoff rotations. And this may be a bit of a stretch, but obviously he's inserted guys like Taylor Horton Tucker Quinn Cook and Jared Dudley in lieu of guys that we thought would play more prominent roles in the playoffs, like Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, and Markeith Morris. And I think those guys still will play meaningful playoff minutes. It's just, I think right now, Frank Vogel is really just trying to get every single guy on the team some reps and some run. Whether or not you agree with that philosophy, it's what he's done the last couple of games. And, you know, that game against the Houston Rockets, it really pissed a lot of us off to see Quinn Cook just fumbling and bumbling about there. But it ended up paying off in this game because he finally got his three-point shot to come around. And he hit, I think, five of nine from three, had 21 points, even hit that tough baseline fadeaway mid-range J. 
And yeah, it seems like he regained his confidence and he regained his shot, most importantly, which is what he's been known for. Quint Cook is a career 40.9% three-point shooter, and prior to last night's game against the Indiana Pacers, he was shooting 0%. And then obviously with Taylor Horton Tucker, you guys just see how promising this rookie is that we have on our hands, this 6'4", 6'5", shooting guard wing combo who has a 7'1 wingspan and continues to just knife his way into the lane and scoop-de-doo these beautiful reverse layups off of his extremely long arms and then even get some three-pointers down as well. And so, I mean, THT is showing his versatility and what makes him such an enticing and intriguing prospect for the Lakers. And while I don't think that Taylor Horton Tucker and Quinn Cook are actually going to get meaningful playoff minutes, I see some of the benefits of Frank Vogel just running these guys out there because of this unique bubble situation. With regards to Dion Waiters, Markeith Morris, J.R. Smith, you largely know what you have in them. You at least know their player profile and resume. You may not know how they fit over a long sample size with this team and with different other different guys and units, but I think Frank Vogel knows enough knows enough and knows he's comfortable playing them in playoff situations that he doesn't need to give them any more minutes and instead is opting to give guys he's not so sure about, like Taylor Horton Tucker and Quinn Cook, he's opting to give them looks. And I think this applies more for Quinn Cook, who actually has had playoff experience, has actually played meaningful minutes in the finals, even hit some clutch threes in the fourth quarter for the Warriors just last year against the Raptors. I think he's giving Quinn Cook a look because we may actually need him down the line in a break glass in case of emergency scenario. For THT, it's just good experience for him and will help his development in the long run. And maybe this time of actual meaningful NBA minutes will prepare him to be a contributor as soon as next year, you know? Outside of garbage minutes, I don't see Taylor Horton Tucker actually being inserted into the rotation. I think Vogel is pumping him up a little bit in the media. Even though what we've seen right now has been very impressive from him and very solid, at times he's looked like a deer in the headlights, specifically on defense, but his natural talent and skill is uh, unquestionable. But when it comes to Quinn Cook, right, he had 21 points. He got his three-point shots to fall. That's going to be important because because we're still waiting on Rajon Rondo to come back, and this team obviously has struggled mightily from the three-point line, so shooting is always at a premium. And just in terms of this unique bubble scenario where guys are you know, dropping left and right and accumulating these injuries, who knows if KCP goes down? He's had a rough sort of banged-up bubble season here. If, if KCP goes down or Dion Waiters goes down, we may actually need to turn to Quinn Cook. And in that break glass in case of emergency scenario, it would be nice if you didn't have to throw Quinn Cook in there cold turkey with him having no confidence or any actual on-court frame of reference in this bubble situation whatsoever, you know? So at least in this case, with Frank Vogel having given Quinn Cook actual minutes and him having actually played some games and had some positive experiences seeing the ball go into the basket— if we need Quinn Cook down the line in the playoffs, maybe this will help him. You know, just jump right in there, be ready, be more primed to knock down some three-point shots. And, and, and also the, the silver lining in him having such a terrible game against the Houston Rockets is, you know, get those cobwebs out of the way. Get that terrible play out of the way now. Get those misses from the three-point line out of the way now. The most important thing is he's getting reps. And 
in that scenario, like I mentioned, where we have to turn to Quinn Cook for some random three-minute stretch in the third quarter, well, he may now be ready because of this experience. He may now be able to take that three-minute stretch, not only stem the tide for us, but maybe extend a lead because he knocks down two or three threes within that time span. So I actually see the benefits in the way that Frank Vogel has chosen to even just give like these 13, 14, 15th guys on the rotation minutes and time. We'll see if it actually pays off for us, but I guess it doesn't hurt, right? Especially if they've already made up their minds about giving the entire team rest in different games and just taking it easy to close this stretch out. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much my my second, second helping of the night. Uh, we'll take it to one more break, and when I return, I'll close it out with my third second helping of the night. All right, so we're back, and to close this show out, to close this episode of Three Seconds Out, I just wanted to talk about the notion of the Lakers, I guess, quote-unquote, not showing their cards in this bubble season. I think that's a little bit of a overstated notion. I think it's definitely happening to a certain extent, especially because we have new players like J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, and Markeith Morris. Maybe with that regard... Um, we are probably not implementing them and integrating them as much as, or we're not showing the league how much we've actually integrated them, if that makes sense. I'm sure we've implemented them into the lineups and into schemes and sets a lot more in practice and internally, but are just opting not to be so transparent to the rest of the league. So I think the not showing your cards thing is definitely happening to an extent. And you can definitely see it because I've been harping recently about how J.R. Smith seems so aimlessly misused out there and it seems like they're not even running any off-screen action or pick and pops with him where he's able to curl off screens. And that may be by design. So teams can't scheme against the Lakers. And, you know, that actually maybe sounds a little bit silly because teams know J.R. Smith's player profile. They've seen how he plays with LeBron James. But I guess with regards to the Lakers, they may just still be choosing to keep that close to their vests. And I guess maybe there's something to be said about the Lakers playing a little bit of possum. You know, we are the worst offensive rated team in the bubble, even worse than the Wizards, the Brooklyn Nets, the Sacramento Kings. I don't think we need to play possum to that extent, but, you know, you're hearing the the media narratives on us and how we're already going to lose to the Blazers, and it may just be added bulletin board material for us, and internally, we don't we are very confident in ourselves. We're playing Madden tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, maybe playing possum is, is part of this equation. But like I mentioned, I think keeping our cards close to the vest, um, not showing our cards, we're doing that to an extent, but I think it's being a little bit overplayed by, by certain people. When it comes to the Lakers being last in offensive rating and no longer running very standard dribble handoff and ATO plays that they were running during the season, are they doing that on purpose to not show their hands? I think that's a little bit silly if they are not implementing those typical plays that they were during the regular season for that purpose. Because just think about it. If the Lakers were doing these very standard plays during the regular season, every team has tape on that. They've seen those KCP and Avery Bradley dribble handoff pick and roll lobs from the free throw line to JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. There's no reason or need right now to quote unquote keep that secret. It's not a secret. So I'm just questioning why they're not even deploying that like one or two times every game just to get those guys comfortable with each other once again. And I'm sure they're doing that in practice. But it's different, again, to do that against actual opposing NBA teams. So 
if it's not a secret and, and teams know that that's part of your playbook, you may as well deploy those now just to keep the offense flowing, keep the players sharp with those plays, and just put them in real game simulations once again so that when we reach the playoffs, we're not sloppy with it. I, I think this is definitely one area in which I feel like the Lakers can be more proactive and intentional about just running plays again, you know, doing simple things to help loosen up the offense and make it fluid because this notion that they're not showing their cards only works up to a certain point and it's gotten downright silly the fact that the Lakers are the worst offensive team in the Orlando bubble. For plays that have been standard parts of our offense all season, it's no secret to the league, so please at least utilize those here and there so we can at least be competent offensively and have that confidence going into the playoffs. And it's not even about confidence because it seems like they're surely confident in themselves, but it's just more about repetition, just being sharp. And these are just ways that you can mitigate any sort of lacklusterness and, and sloppy play heading into the playoffs. You can be as confident as you want, as confident as the Lakers seem to be in themselves. But to me, it just doesn't hurt to be a little bit sharper. And I think maybe we'll see more of that regardless of whatever wonky rotations Frank Vogel continues to experiment with in these last two games. And just by virtue of having LeBron James out on the court obviously helps our offense tremendously. But but yeah, Frank, ATOs, dribble handoffs, add those plays that we've seen during the regular season. Keep the ones that you've been working on with Markeith Morris, J.R. Smith, and Dion Waiters in hiding in secret if you want to. Keep those LeBron James and Anthony Davis pick and roll plays with shooters on the baseline on the other side of the court waiting for the pass. Keep those secret if you want to. But for the standard plays that every team has already seen and that we know you have in your bag, please feel free to deploy because we only have two games left and yeah, it doesn't hurt to be sharp and it's not going to jeopardize our health or anything like that. So I'll leave it right there. I've said a lot. Again, I know it sounds like I'm harping on Frank Vogel and, and his philosophies and whatnot. It's partially due to the fact that personally for me, I would I would probably do things differently. But again, I'm not a coach in the NBA. He's way, way closer to the situation. The Lakers players know each other well. They trust the staff. The chemistry of this team has led us to this point the entire season, so I will continue to give them the benefit of the doubt till they give me reason not to. Uh, it, again, just with the heightened, weird circumstances of this bubble season, I'm just a little bit proactively wary. But we'll see game one and round one of the playoffs how all this works out, and this may all just be a moot point. And uh, yeah, go Lakers, go, go. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. We are trying to get to 420. If we can get that before the playoffs starts, that would be tremendous. Um, with me pumping out all these extra episodes as well right after post games, it would help me out if you guys would just give feedback in that way, give feedback and support. And also these three second episodes and series are eventually going to transition to becoming Patreon exclusive episodes. So if you like what you've been hearing, even with me just doing this solo, please consider becoming a patron now for the price of $12, which is pretty much a movie ticket or cheaper than a movie ticket that covers you for an entire year of Lakers Legacy podcast, exclusive content and early listens. Uh, we've expanded to video now. So if you would consider becoming a patron, you'll get access to all of these future three-second post-game recaps. And you can become a patron now for as little as a dollar by going to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. 
Lastly, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Lakers Legacy. I'm planning to have a consolidated offense video of Kyle Kuzma in this reseeding stretch uh, before the playoffs start, so look out for that. And lastly, Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive Fantasy app, use promo code LEGACY, and upon a minimum deposit of $20, you will get a free $20 on top of that to play with. So yeah, I'll leave it there. I'm not planning to have a Denver Nuggets post-game three seconds episode, so this will be your last one till till our usual Lakers Legacy weekly podcast episode that, that we are planning to shoot out after the last seeding game against the Kings, probably late Thursday night, early Friday morning. So yeah, with that said, this has been your host, Jonathan Hernandez, for this edition of Three Seconds. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.